0: What is up everyone, it's Quinn here, and in this video I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire targets to pick up heading into week 10 of the NFL season. We're going to be going through every single position, so running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and some streaming defenses. These are all going to be players or teams that are rostered in 40% or fewer leagues using the ESPN waiver wire, so keep that in mind. I'm Going to have a wide range in terms of how these guys are rostered. If you do enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and let's just dive right into the running back position. Definitely some repeating names here, but some players who may have become a little bit more interesting after this week. So we're gonna start off with Charbonnet. He's rostered in 30.4% of leagues, and he actually outsnapped Kenneth Walker for the second straight week. Now, neither running back really did anything notable fantasy-wise, they kind of got lit up by the uh, Ravens. And at this point, I still would consider Kenneth Walker the running back one, but like at the very least, Charbonnet is gaining on him. Pete Carroll at two different press conferences was just glowing about Zach Charbonnet and his involvement in this offense. So I think Charbonnet could continue to increase his workload. I think he is going to be gaining on Kenneth Walker and who knows how that backfield shakes out rest of season. I'm going to be very interested to see what that split looks like in a boom game from the offense where they're running the ball successfully, they're putting up points, like how are those touches gonna be distributed? I would like to see that, hopefully we get it in week 10 or within the next few weeks. Now the next running back is going to be Keaton Mitchell and he is rostered in only 1% of leagues. He's someone I talked about a few weeks ago, he was gonna be coming off of IR, didn't really make an impact early on, but he definitely made an impact here in week nine. And it looks like he has broken into this committee, not just like he got garbage time, not all of his snaps were like, late in the fourth quarter. He started getting snaps as early as the second quarter when it was still somewhat of a game. So it does seem like the Ravens kind of made an effort. They wanted to get him more involved. He took nine carries, turned that into 138 rushing yards, and he also added a long rushing touchdown. And I know Gus Edwards has performed really well fantasy-wise like over the last three weeks. I think he scored six touchdowns. Over that span. In terms of like, you know, the grand scheme of things, he is not some sort of top NFL running back. J.K. Dobbins went down. This has been somewhat of a split with him and Justice Hill. So I don't think the Ravens are like locked into Gus Edwards leading this backfield. And his production has been carried by touchdowns, like I mentioned. I really don't think it would be impossible for Keaton Mitchell to end up leading this backfield towards the end of the season. Is it like, you know, is he the favorite to do that? Probably not. Gus Edwards has been in that building. You know, he kind of knows his way around the Ravens, but Keaton Mitchell could make an impact. I think at the very least, this is going to be a three-headed committee with Gus Edwards, Keaton Mitchell, and Justice Hill. So definitely someone to monitor. And if you're in a more competitive league where maybe some of these other running backs are not available, Mitchell is definitely someone I'd be looking to pick up. Now the next running back is going to be Tajay Spears. He's rostered in 33.1% of leagues. Now the next running back is going to be Tajay Spears, and he's rostered in 33.1% of leagues. Pretty much talk about Spears every single week. On Thursday night, football. He actually played eight more snaps than Derrick Henry. We've seen him out snap Henry in a decent chunk of games. Also had a pretty solid workload, five carries, six targets. I feel like he just is looking like a better and better handcuff option with Levis bringing some life to this offense. So if Derrick Henry were to go down, Tajay Spears becomes very, very valuable moving forward. And then some other handcuffs, Kenneth Gainwell rostered in 18.5% of leagues. He's the DeAndre Swift handcuff. Did get into the end zone on a Sunday. And then Ezekiel Elliott rostered in just under 40% of leagues, the Ramondre Stevenson handcuff. He'll have you know a decent workload week to week, but probably not a startable workload. So at this point, pretty much the handcuff there for Ramondre. Now shifting over to the wide receiver position, only gonna be three wideouts here. Really just not a ton to be super interested in, in terms of these waiver wire wide receivers. Gonna start off with Quinton Johnston, who is still only rostered in 31.4% of leagues. He has not played yet this week. He's gonna be playing on Monday Night Football. And he's become more interesting now that Josh Palmer was put on IR. We had Mike Williams out for the season. Now Palmer's gonna be missing at least four weeks. And it feels like we are going to get a locked and loaded answer on Quinton Johnson as a player over the next few weeks, at least where he's at here in his rookie season. And if he will be fantasy relevant, he is going to be locked into that wide receiver two role. He won't be the wide receiver three playing behind Keenan Allen and Joshua Palmer. He will very likely operate as their wide receiver two, you know, on the other side of the field from Keenan Allen. And I think there is room for some optimism here. He had his best game of the season last week, went five for 50. He does draw a tough matchup against the Jets, so like if he like flops in this game, I'm not going to completely freak out and like throw him away, but hopefully he gets the wide receiver two usage, and then hopefully he can make a couple splash plays here or there, just kind of give us some life moving forward with him, because if he can't establish himself as like the locked in wide receiver two and actually produce, that is a very, very valuable role to have in this Chargers offense. Now, the next wide receiver is going to be Michael Wilson. I talked about him in my uh, deep dive waiver wire targets later last week. Um, He's only rostered in 7.1% of leagues, and he missed week nine with a shoulder injury, so we didn't really get to see what he would do in that uh, terrible game from the Cardinals offense. But I'm actually pretty interested in Michael Wilson rest of season. He wasn't a prospect I was, like, overly high on. But as a rookie, he has gone for 55-plus yards in five out of eight games, to be putting up that type of receiving volume pretty consistently on this offense with backup quarterback play, I think that's pretty impressive. We should be getting Kyler back soon, potentially as early as week 10. I do think he's someone who could definitely be fantasy relevant moving forward if Kyler does play and you know plays at the level he was before he uh, got hurt. So Quinton Johnson, Michael Wilson, and then the final wide receiver is going to be Demario Douglas rostered in 20.8% of leagues. He led the Patriots wide receivers and routes run was targeted seven times. Also added a carry five receptions for 55 yards, pretty decent stat line, solid game. Um, hopefully he continues to operate as the Patriots wide receiver one, and he could be interesting moving forward. Definitely just a young rookie that we should be looking to pick up at this point, looking at the waiver wire, especially the wide receiver position, a lot of the veterans on there, you know what you're getting, and it's not much. You want to be taking these flyers on some of these younger guys like Quentin Johnston, Michael Wilson, and DeMario Douglas. Now we're going to shift over to the quarterback position. With four teams on by next week, um, we're going to be missing some pretty locked-in starting quarterbacks. So Mahomes, Hurts, and Tua all on by. I guess you could throw Stafford in there, um, but you've probably already picked up a replacement for him. So it's very possible you need to go out get a quarterback off of waivers. We're going to start it off with Kyler Murray. Now, I assume someone at this point has probably picked up Kyler, stashed him on their IR spot, but he's still only rostered in 35.7% of leagues. Obviously, there's no guarantee he plays in week 10, but that's the return date you'd be hoping for there. Then we're going to have Will Levis, rostered in just under 40% of leagues, and he didn't go out and replicate his Week 8 production numbers-wise, but I still think he looked pretty impressive on Thursday night. Like, he didn't light it up the stat sheet or give you great fantasy production, but he looked pretty composed. He made some pretty solid throws, and he draws the Bucs next week, who just allowed a massive game to CJ Stroud, so maybe he kind of, you know, can take a little bit of that, go up against this Bucks defense, who just got shredded. So I think if you need a streaming option, Levis is definitely interesting. And then these are some other options, Derek Carr, Joshua Dobbs, they're actually going to be facing off next week, playing each other. I think Carr probably is the better matchup going up against this Vikings defense compared to Dobbs going up against the Saints defense. But I think they're both interesting Dobbs coming into the Vikings doesn't get the start, but I think it's Hall went down early Dobbs steps in he doesn't know the playbook perfectly he's I don't think he took any snaps with the team at practice and he ends up putting together a great fantasy day. So he's super easy to root for. Is he going to replicate those numbers every single week? No, but he does have a much better supporting cast here with this Vikings offense. Um, than he did with the Cardinals, especially when he gets Justin Jefferson back. So he could be someone who's honestly like a fringe QB one once Jefferson is back in the lineup. So Joshua Dobbs could be a streaming option for you, should be pretty widely available in most leagues. Now, looking at the tight end position, definitely, you know, a few potential streaming options. Taysom Hill just made the cut for this video, rostered in 39.1% of leagues. And I would say that this was Taysom Hill's pretty clearly like most complete game of the season. He was one for one as a passer with a passing touchdown, he had 11 carries for 52 yards, and he also was targeted five times, caught four of them for 13 yards and a touchdown. So in previous weeks, he either had, you know, a pretty minimal workload, or he was operating as a pure tight end, or he was operating as pretty much like a running back, not running a ton of routes. He did everything this game. He was involved as a passer on the goal line. He was, you know, carrying a ton. I actually believe he out carried Alvin Kamara, and then he was also running routes. And as you can see by the stats, you know, he succeeded. He had a passing touchdown. He caught a touchdown. He was efficient on the ground, more efficient than Alvin Kamara at the running back position. So it definitely seems like he's established himself as a key piece in this offense. And I think he's someone you probably uh, start with confidence moving forward. Like the workload seems more locked in than it has in previous weeks, especially when they're finding success with him. And it seems like every time they get, you know, in the red zone near the goal line, they're bringing out Taysom Hill out of the throw it. Um, run it or potentially run a route and score a touchdown that way. So you got to feel good if Taysom Hill is still out there. Then we're going to have Jonu Smith rostered in 27.3% of leagues. He only had a 55% route participation on Sunday, which isn't great, but he turned that into five receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. He also saw a goal line carry which if you roster any of the uh, top Falcons weapons, is definitely frustrating. If you roster B. John Robinson, you're probably not feeling great about that. You roster Kyle Pitts, also probably not feeling great about it. But at this point, we just gotta accept that Arthur Smith is not gonna use these weapons the way we want him to. Jonu Smith is going to be involved. He was involved on Sunday. He had two down games the week before, but prior to that, he was on a nice run. So I think you could do worse than Jonu Smith as like a streaming tight end option. And then the final tight end here is going to be Luke Musgrave rostered in 17.2% of leagues. I feel like I've talked about this dude every single week because the usage was there, but the production hadn't been there. He was tied for the uh, lead in routes run on the Packers today, including the wide receivers. And this was his best fantasy game, or I guess probably best game overall as a receiver. Three receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. Still not a ton of volume, but if you're streaming the tight end position, you could do worse if you had you know, Kelsey on by, um, Dallas Goddard out, but also on by, you know, he could be a potential replacement if guys like Hill or Jonu Smith are not available. And then the final position here, some streaming defenses. I think there are some interesting options here. Gonna start it off with the Packers, rostered in 27.6% of leagues. They've been a pretty solid fantasy defense and they draw the Steelers, which is not an offense I'm super concerned with. Then we're gonna have the Seahawks, rostered in 35.5% of leagues. Now the Seahawks just got lit up by the Ravens, but prior to that, They had been a pretty solid option for fantasy, and they go up against the Commanders. The Commanders can put up points, but they also turn the ball over and they take a lot of sacks, which obviously is gonna be big for a fantasy defense. Then we have the Bears, and it definitely wouldn't feel great to fire up the Bears defense because it's just not a great unit. They're only rostered in 1.5% of leagues, but they draw a matchup against the Panthers. Now, I feel like this could go one of two ways. Obviously, it's a great matchup against the Panthers, the offense has struggled. We just saw them give up two pick sixes, I think three total interceptions, but it's also possible that the Panthers are kind of able to figure it out going up against the Bears. But I think if you're desperate, they're not a bad play. Then we have the Vikings rostered in 30.3% of leagues. They draw a matchup against the Saints, not super scared of the Saints offense. The Vikings defense has actually been uh, pretty impressive in terms of fantasy points per game. And then the final team here, the Buccaneers rostered in 18.6% of leagues. I could understand probably not wanting to fire up the Bucks defense after they just got shredded by the Texans. But prior to that game, they had been a fine option for fantasy. They match up against the Titans. So you know, we had the one huge Will Levis game. The offense came back down to earth a little bit against the Steelers. They would probably be my last choice out of these five. But I do think they're relevant, especially if you're in a deeper league. You could go out there and stream them this week and that's going to wrap it up for every single position. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Hopefully this helps you go out there, make those waiver claims and upgrade your rosters. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.